welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. We made it, Jared. We made it. You made it, you mean? I made it. You made it. Want to tell the class what what you survived? I was talking about the fact we made it to round 20. No, I wasn't talking about that. Oh, camping. <laughs> camping with kids under the age of... Two kids under the age of four, isn't it? No, Addy's a big four-year-old now. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's what I said, two uh, kids under the age of four. I was going to say, my wife and I thought it'd be a good idea to take them camping. Um, I thought it would be really fun to take them camping. And I had fun most of the time. Uh, neither of us were probably mentally prepared how different camping is to usual camping. We set up, relax, crack some beers, do nothing. Uh we got there at 10. I think I sat down at about three <laughs> and, and then I was back up again at three 30 and um, it got to dinner time. And by that stage, neither of us wanted to cook dinner. So like, shit, what's, what's in town? There's a pizza shop. Let's order that. It was shut. So it was the other takeaway. The other, takeaway. the other place I opened was the pub. So we had to drive into town. We didn't have a reservation, um, but they very nice people they found a spot for us and that was probably one of the bright spots and then uh yeah did you see the weather last night jared <laughs> yeah, s- severe severe thunderstorms uh from the hours of 12 till 2 um yeah i got to bed about two thirty, uh making sure that our campsite hadn't flooded and uh the fact that my son slept through the entire night and woke up wondering why the uh, tent was wet was interesting um, we moved the kids from their half of the tent into ours, which is good because their half of the tent collapsed under the weight of all the water. Uh, At least they held the water in. Yeah, yeah. When I say collapsed, like it bent down, so I had to go and push it yeah. or flung back off. Um, yeah, I'm pretty tired, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be honest. Look, like more, more than usual. <laughs> it, 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 we're, me and Adam were talking about it before. Um, it gives you a newfound respect for what our parents went through. Oh, it God, really yeah. does. It really oh, does. <laughs> Jared, Jared's one is six. Um, and my, my parents took myself and my middle brother around Australia in a caravan for two years uh, at the same age, four and two. Yeah, it was at the point where they'd get to a campsite, open the caravan door and be like, we were just allowed to go and explore, wander into other caravans, watch TV in someone else's place. It was like that. But now I look back on it, they were probably just like, thank fuck, give us an hour themselves. <laughs> Sorry, mum and well, dad, it was like that. <laughs> I know they listened to this, so I'm going to leave it there. Um, no, they... Yeah, no. <laughs> Good old... Yeah, camping, camping's hard like that, this, it would be hard. I don't have kids, but would, I imagine it'd be very hard with two kids that age. Oh, and yeah. then you throw a thunderstorm in there. And oh, yeah, yeah. I, I bet you you got home this afternoon and you have not taken out the tent to dry it out or anything. It's still sitting somewhere, isn't it? No, no. We've, uh, we've got an open home on Saturday again. So, nah. 
And I'm in a Bucks party from tomorrow night through to Sunday. So that'll be interesting. Um, but shout out to Kenilworth Camping. Man, I literally, I saw a, a mate I hadn't seen for a fair while on Monday. And he said he'd just been camping. I was like, oh, yeah, we're looking at going this week. He's like, yeah, head out to Kenilworth Camping, man. It's a dairy farm. Um, and these people have opened up five kilometers of riverfront paddocks, basically, for camping. So they don't run the cattle through there anymore. Um, because it's their property, you can have fires in the ground in front of you or whatever. Um, they set up portaloos. Addy just had a ball going to the toilet in the portaloo. It was a highlight for him. And the whole way along, you've got riverfront and it's waist deep at the deepest little fishing spots water it was freaking beautiful uh we'll definitely go back we'll just be a hell of a lot more prepared i think so yeah that was that maddie and i got home and um unpacked the car and started to get the house ready for saturday oh god um and while that's been going on there's my life story done uh a whole bunch of stuff's happened in the footy world and we might as well get to it, eh? Yeah, so um, we're starting with the big signing or? No, I reckon we'll, like, because there's a fair bit with signings. Okay. I'll see in, um, we'll cover kind of the external sort of uh, stories first. So you want to kick off at Penrith, maybe? Oh, yeah, so... Um, there's been rumours floating around good old-fashioned social media that um, there's been another leaked potential sex tape at Penrith. Uh, obviously, Penrith are denying it, but social media, once something like that grows, it gets bigger and bigger. So Penrith have actually hired the same people who Anthony Seabold has hired to investigate it. And we'll just, uh, um, just jump in there. There's no, not, not so much a sex tape. Oh, sorry. So it's allegations relating to an inappropriate relationship between a former huh? staff member and current staff. So. Uh, okay. Is it, is it the fact that um, the halfback's dad sleeping with the halfback's mum? No, sorry. The halfback, the coach is sleeping with the halfback's mum. <laughs> is that a problem? Is that is that an issue? <laughs> oh, it is a story. That guy's mum and dad are sleeping together. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, yeah, no. They, that the coach is sleeping with the halfback's mum. Uh, I think I think in this situation that'd be all right, considering they're all sleeping <laughs> in the same house, from what I Right. Uh yeah, supposedly it's what's the word? Uh high profile members of the club. Uh player who knows uh not a lot's come out all that penrith has said the club denies allegations penrith have been made aware of false allegations circling on social media um penrith have instructed their lawyers and also training cyber investigators to trace the source no further comment and then they have to throw in their penrith's chasing their first premiership since 2003 so the fact that they've come out straight away under the front foot denying everything means there's probably something to it. We're just talking heads. Uh, we have no idea, but 
Seems to be a lot of this sort of stuff coming out of Penrith, eh? It seems... Yeah. I don't know how far out of the city it is, but maybe they just, I don't know, bored, lonely. Yeah, I don't know. It seems to be working for them, whatever they're doing, because they're sitting in a pretty good position. Yeah. Huh. We'll see. I'd rather, yeah, there's other problems I'd probably prefer to have at my club, but we'll uh, keep our ears to the ground. What about El Redcliffe? And they're gorgeous. Yeah, so Redcliffe have got a sizable grant, was it from the government, to upgrade mm-hmm. their facilities. Um, but the CEO of Redcliffe has come out and said that they are NRL ready tomorrow. Obviously, without the players there, but... Players help. Yeah, so if they, if they announce the team tomorrow, I think they go on a bit of a spending spree with, you know, they'd go after probably Benji and Foran as their halves. And then just like pick up every other player around, probably pick up half the Broncos team because they'll be all trying to jump ship right now. Yeah, yeah. So, the feeder to the Broncos anyway, yeah. Yeah, so they'd walk away. Yeah, so it'd be interesting. And there always is that argument about whether there's enough talent in the world to do that. Um, oh, a I, lot of people I, don't I, think I, there is. I reckon that'd be fine. Dolphins are a very successful Q Cup team. Uh, the grant was for six and a half million to complete their Northern Grandstand. They, as a club, uh, they, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They own over a hundred million dollars worth of assets, including an 11 hectare site, which is located the completed home ground stadium that hosts, that seats 10,000 people and room for an extra 1,500 standing. They intend to still play most of their games out of Suncorp uh, with that stadium hosting a couple of games a year. But Dolphins are very well run. They've got a very solid uh, pathway. I'm just having a look at their last premiership picture here. You've got um, 2008 Interest Cup Premiers. It looks like Jamil Hopperwade. If that's correct there, who else? These sort of faces. Oh, they look familiar. Yeah, they've got a lot of players. Stags and is there. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, these guys are come through to feeder at Brisbane. Um, so it'd be rude. But it'd be interesting. The thing that I think Brisbane will be shitting themselves with is that if Redcliffe become NRL, um, that they lose a feeder club. Which doesn't seem that bad because the amount of feeder clubs, it, amount of Q Cup teams around Brisbane. Yeah. When you turn around and think about it, so Ipswich are aligned with Newcastle, East and Sunshine Coast are aligned with Melbourne, oh. and I think Wynnum Manly are aligned with Warriors. No, Redcliffe's Warriors. Is it? Sorry, no, Warriors are going to be playing out of Redcliffe, my bad. Yeah, okay. So, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but, you know, before... Because Broncos were obviously okay with all these teams take, making these other teams' feeders, but losing Redcliffe will be a massive blow to Broncos. It's, it, it not only losing Redcliffe, but making Redcliffe competitive against them would be a massive blow because um, they're so close and... Um, since 
2000 and I think they came in 2007, the Gold Coast Titans. Is that right? 2007. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, Broncos only made one, pre- one, one grand final since then. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not saying that's the reason. That's right. I'm not saying that's the re- reason. Yeah, so 2007. So they only made one grand final, and that was 2015. Dolphins um, club of the Warriors now, not Broncos. It was what we did talk about that earlier in the year, and then we got confused. Yeah, but so, so it's not a feeder club for Brizzy anymore. Yeah, so that's right. Broncos' last premiership was 2006, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. then they lost in 2015. So. It's not 100% the reason, but it can't be coincidence that when Gold Coast came in 2007, Broncos won a, haven't won a premiership. And you add a team who's an, you know, Gold Coast are an hour and a half south of Broncos. And then Redcliffe will be like, what, half an hour north? Oh, all right. Like this way, um, Cowboys beat Broncos by point, field goal, in, mm. in Golden Point. What if. Broncos had Jay Arrow. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what other Broncos would have been there already. Oh, well, Ash Taylor would have stayed, probably. Ash Taylor. Um, I'm just looking at the Dolphins here. So the key elements they have as part of their $100 million worth of assets is the thing that when teams come into the NRL, they go bankrupt trying to facilitate these facilities. Like Manly's only just started building like their excellent centre and performance centre and upgrades to Brookie, and they've been in since freaking the 40s. Um, Dolphins already, as per their website, they've got an, their own training base, gymnasium and pool facilities, rehab facilities, meeting rooms and office space for administration. They've also got Terry Reader who was a former chief commercial officer at the Broncos building strategy and business plan to take as part of their bid. So when the Bombers um, Firehawks. Yeah. uh, Who was the the Western team? Ipswich. Yeah, I have no idea. But yeah, I I get where you're going. And and Redcliffe, they're your four big ones. I thought from the start, Redcliffe had the strongest base to build from. Um, and this is a now kind of they're coming more into the official spotlight. So one of our ideas well, to find is to do a big comparison of the four bids, get yeah. a fair bit of research done on it, and really look at the pros and cons of each. Well, the thing about it is that Redcliffe throughout this whole situation would be licking their lips, yeah, because they're in the box seat because they have that stuff. So. The Firehawks and whoever the hell else you talked about then, we will get more in depth, as Adam said. But just one last thing, as far as right now during COVID, where NRL estimated to lose close to $50 million in this year from loss of revenue, um, having a team who's already set up, because Delandis has said he wants to expand, having a team who's already set up and ready to go where NRL would have to put minimal capital in to get them up and going. Mm. Look, what that's the best circumstance NRL could ask for yeah. as far as expansion goes, because these Hell other yeah. ones, because, you know, like we said, Gold Coast are in since 2007, NRL still propping them up to keep them going. Mm. If Redcliffe can go, we're going to be independent and free four or five years, 
What the fuck aren't NRL going to go with? Yeah, like, huge tick, huge tick. Yeah. And um, because they're going to jump north of Brizzy, they'll. I know Sunny Coast is a feeder club to Melbourne, but they're going to get dibs on pretty much all the kids from the corridor, you'd say, from Redcliffe north to Bundaberg, you'd say. Yeah, well, and they'll also have more of a crack at Toowoomba. Yeah. That's a nursery for rugby league. There's a lot of great players coming out of Toowoomba. Yeah, but Brizzy, they'll still have their roots out west. Um, nah, but I know, like, and Redcliffe have deeper roots than the Broncos do in Queensland. They've been around longer. That's true. So, I, I heard, like, maybe Katoni Sags, like, I grew up, with, I don't know where he grew up, but maybe he played longer at Redcliffe. I want to go play for them. And if Broncos lose Katoni Stags, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> oh, I just, yeah. I've got it. I've got a soft spot for um, Redcliffe because I still remember a rugby league coaching uh, seminar, I guess, coaching course sort of thing that came to our primary school. And it was Adam Mogg who ran it. And he was playing for Redcliffe at the time. He hadn't played NRL yet. And um, he called me out to help him do one of the demos. And he asked what my name was. And I was like, Adam. He's like, hey, my name's Adam. That's how I remembered Adam Mogg. I was like, and then way down the track, he ends up playing in that crazy origin series with a bunch of origin babies. So we don't like, my, always had a soft spot for um, Redcliffe since then. Well, my favourite, uh, well, my, my soft spot for Redcliffe is that's when I played my, my first ever rep game when I was 12 years old, when I represented Sunny Coast down at um, Redcliffe and I got to run out under the tunnels and everything. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that, that was mine. Like, I got to get cha- in the change room as, you know, Petro Sib and a Siva because they had a big photo. Yeah, yeah. Because he went back and played for Redcliffe after um, he finished at the Broncos. Yeah, because he, but he originally played for him. Yeah. So, yeah, and they had a big photo of him because he was playing for Australian Queensland at the time. And I was getting, cha- like, my change room had a big photo of Sib and a Siva. And then you got to walk out underneath it, under the tunnel, and then walk out play in front of the stadium and I was 12. That's so it was pretty cool. That's cool. And then there was a time oh. I played at the Gabba as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cried in the middle of the field. I'm not... Uh, see? AFL, you're just getting part, into part of the game. So. I got booed and I was eight. Yeah. The AFL crowds, man. <laughs> so this week... With more backlash, I guess, from the bunker, we talked about that, but... They're looking at trialling two more new rules um, in the last round of the NRL, because why not? Uh, there's two games that technically don't matter with regards to finals. Warriors versus Manly, Broncos versus Cowboys. Even though Wooden Spoon could be on the line in the Broncos game, knowing the Bulldogs are coming up against Penrith. But anyway, so two things that they're looking at bringing in. Backs being banned from scrums. Trialled for round 20. So... Cole Flanagan um, bound in a prop last round. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I don't know. So, I don't know how I feel about this because I kind of like seeing a bit of initiative from coaches in like having someone like Josh Papali at first receiver off a scrum, allowing him to get a, a run up against literally one or two defenders. The other side of it is I really like to see the backline moves that have happened this year and scoring off the scrums because you can move the position. 
I'd probably prefer to see tries scored off it, uh, backs against backs. But I think it's the scrum itself needs work rather than yeah. in it. I can solve the problem right now. I, I understand that they're looking for, like Adam said, more backline players and no, you know, first off runs for the thing. Yeah. Pushing scrums. I guarantee you Kyle Flanagan's not going to fucking line up a prop if they're pushing in scrums. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, I'd love to see the pushing. That's just another chance of an injury. Not if you do it properly. Yeah, but no, are they going to employ more coaches to come in and do that? Well... The, the what I guarantee you'd be turning to the same thing as wrestling. Once someone does it, everyone would do it. That's true. I, I just thought of something just then. Ball goes in. Uh, it's a three second timer before you're allowed to break the scrum on either side. So the ball's gone, mm-hmm. but no one from the scrum's allowed to break. So the three seconds. So you might put the ball in and it'll go beep, beep, beep. And that's when they can go. So the ball's in and out with less than a second. Um, it's going to stop any early splits and will actually give the chance for a play off without all the scramble from the inside. Oh, that's... It's a cool idea, but it's too much. What? It's, it's, way, it's way too much, I reckon. It is a cool idea. I'm not denying that. It means the scrum actually means something. Then you're not going to want your freaking props in the back. What if, if that happened, everyone would be running at the weakest outside backs in the world. I eh? this, this is running. Out. No, I, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of that one. But look, what if, if it were, if these if there. these new rules work, whatever, we'll go with it. I, I didn't even see this as a new rule. It's just like boards are always in the scrum because, yeah, you push, you need to control the ball and you need your fast beat. Yeah. But that's not a thing. It has been a thing for about 10 years. True. Hmm. And uh, so this, what was the second one? Oh, yeah. See, this second one is, it's common sense, but it's, it's something that I've been calling for a long time that, NRL should probably look into how union polices their game sometimes. Not all the time, sometimes. But I like this one in that if the ref thinks a try is scored, they don't go upstairs saying, I've got a try, but I need you to look for any reason you can to make sure I can't allow it. Whereas now it's, I reckon it's a try. Let's call it a try. Between the time of them blowing the whistle for the try and the kicker taking the conversion, that time that elapses between them, the bunker can look over the footage and if they find something that deems it not a try, they can then call down. It seems like a good idea as soon as you hear it, but as soon as you start thinking about it, rest called a try, players start to get their huddle, other players walk back for the kickoff, rada, rada, rada. Guy's just set the ball up. He's backtracking. Oh, no try. Oh, sorry, guys. No try. Everyone oh. come all the way back down here. Oh, I want to know. And you're like, I reckon they're going to... Time's going to elapse. I reckon what's going to happen now is 
that two two scenarios, right? One, they're going to start cha- um, making Olympic sprinters the new T-boys. Or two, they're going to have 5,000 T-boys and have them every part of the field. Because the bunkers takes a while to make a legitimate decision. If you hurry up your kick, yeah. you can kick it, and they can't do anything after the kick, can they? So I believe it's oh, once they start. Matt Sherbington's going to get another job. Yeah, let's have a look. So because the referee isn't going to go, oh mate, you got to wait for your kick so the referee, the the thing can make the decision. That completely makes it null and void. Uh, all right, so yeah, let's go into the right. little bit more depth. So we'll go back to the the scrum one now. So. An hour before the game starts, the team sheets come in. Uh, that's just standard practice. Now, what's going to be new in this is the team has to nominate forwards and backs on their team sheet. And the referee then has to know who's forwards and who's backs. And if they see that person in the scrum, they have to be removed and replaced with someone who can be in there afford this whole time the scrum clocks going uh, they don't stop the scrum clock for this if the scrum clock runs down before the players have been interchanged the other team will get a penalty as per normal even though we've seen it like once interchange players can only pack into scrums if they've interchanged with a forward all right there you go so if you've got a utility on the bench like say a ben hunt who could play halfback or hooker if the hooker comes off injured uh, and Ben Hunt goes into hooker, he can go in the scrum. If the halfback comes off injured and he replaces him as halfback, he can't go in the scrum. Depends on who you replace. I guess you, it'll stop you replacing a back with a forward. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, to be honest, I don't care. Like, it's, it, it is, it'd be something different. And a lot, a lot of the old school watchers of rugby league don't like that backs get into the bet thing. But I don't know, when I was playing, I loved the big second row of the pass to off the scrum to run, give him a bit more room. Um, I hated it when I was defending, but that's the reason people did it. It's an yeah. attacking move. So... Yeah. And, yeah, I, I, I just don't. All they're trying to do is make the game more commercial by having more attacking players, attacking situations. Yeah. That's all they're doing. So, <laughs> okay, they're, they're trying something. Why not? All right. The conversion one here. So, replicate a try. Should the real-time review indicate the possibility that a try had not been scored, this will be proactively proactively communicated to the on-field referee who will stop the conversion um, until the final decision is made. Yeah, if they're unsure, they'll refer it anyway. Um, so, tries, like, I'd say like as soon as the try is scored, when they say real-time review, does that mean... 
they're going to be watching it at real speed or a review that's played out in the normal time period. I don't know. I tell you what, like I'd be checking the rugby league rule book whether you're allowed to drop kick a conversion. Um, no, you're not allowed to. Definitely not. No. Hmm, okay. Um, if you can drop kick a conversion in union, that's how they get away with it sometimes. So if you score a try and you reckon it's off a forward pass, if you run it back and drop kick it from ten meters in front and it goes over, it's a try. They can't bring it back if you've already taken the kick. Um, Look at these other ones here. So other rules they're looking at. Use of six again for offsides. Handover for kicks into touch rather than a scrum. Uh, I don't mind that. I hate that. No, no, what it is, it takes out that slow play. It takes out stopping time. So if if a team is it takes out rest. Yeah, so that's good. I like that one. Just touch footy again. It's just taken. Right, it's, quick. All, it's taken all the big. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Newcastle don't have a big forward pack. We're fit. I like it. Keep going. No, it's a, it's turning into a complete. It's turning into like your TRL. Uh, it's the scrums there because if you do it properly, it's a set play for a try, and the fitter teams are still rewarded. Um, it's already too easy to score points. They're just making it easier. Anyway, it's but this, every rule they've brought in is trying to make the game faster and more attractive to fans. Um, yeah, the first two I can to, solve. and look what happens to crowd numbers this year. Horrible. We're only getting 25% per stadium. I know someone's gonna do something. You know, it's horrible for rugby league, that's probably like higher than the usual crowd numbers. Yeah, um, Roosters are only getting like two percent instead of three and a half. Yeah, because you feel, like, important because you're part of the 25%. Yeah. All right, let's go to um, signings. We're going to look at this a few different ways. So, uh, Canterbury as a club have told eight players that they're no longer required for next season. Most of these are, I use the term guys, um, people that put on a jersey, and you probably wouldn't notice if they were there or not. So, you're... uh, Kerrod Holland, Jack Cogger, uh, to a lesser extent, maybe Suaso Sue. Um, It'd be a good pickup for someone. Yeah, he could be. He's got something there. It's kind of just been strangled out of him uh, by the look of it. Some of the other big names include Tim Laffey. Uh, we've already known about Kieran Foran. Um, but a big one, uh, Aiden Tolman. Club stalwart after moving up from Melbourne. He's played 250-something games for the for the Doggies. Uh, has been told no longer required for next year. Here we go to England. Or, look, somewhat Broncos remember, got to pick someone up like that. I mean, there's a drop in um, squad numbers for next year too, by the look of it. No, it is not. Hmm? I don't think there is. I think they... Um, Stick at 30. Something about the salary cap. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, so know that Bulldogs have already brought in Corey Waddell and Nick Kotrick and Blake Green. Um, Kotrick's an upgrade over anyone in the back line just mentioned. Corey Waddell, jury's still out on Blake Green. 
Unfortunately. prone and foreign um, until he signed the contract. So that's a hell of a lot. It's eight players. They've replaced three so far. So they've still got a fair bit of work to do. Uh, Marcelo Montoya is another one. Yeah, so big big change there at the Doggies. Um, we'll keep um, an eye on that one as well. So do you want to bring... So you, you mentioned signings. Um Last podcast, we actually missed two, three retirements, actually. No, two. I mean, one's retired. Someone else was yeah. retired tonight. So, it is going to be ridiculously selfish, but Aiden Guerra has retired. Um, he's had a pretty good career. Played for Australia once. Um, had a pretty good Queensland career. Yeah, Made his name at Melbourne. Yeah. Newcastle brought, a bit of, brought in for a bit of professionalism. I think he'd done his job there. Do you mean Roosters? Roosters, sorry. He, he did debut for Melbourne. Yeah, he debuted for Melbourne. Yeah. So, Roosters, yeah, they brought in for a bit of professionalism. Um, and that's, that's what I reckon they got. And on the same note, Tim Glasby probably retired a bit earlier as um, through concussions. So, he was watching TV with his children after his last concussion and was getting dizzy spells and lighthearted, uh, lightheaded. And then same when he was doing gym weight. So they've come out and said, mate, you got to you had a chat with Adam O'Brien. Adam O'Brien practically said, you got to look after your family and your health first. So you're going to have to make a decision. Tim Glasgow, I reckon, made the right one, considering what's going on. Because they, they said he's fully healed. He can go back. But with concussions, you don't want to mess with it. And he was really good about it in his press, press conference because he said, you know... Um, it is what it is. I can't fight this. I'm done, essentially. Won a premiership with Melbourne, so good on him. Um, and the thing about it, it would make Newcastle pretty light in the backup forwards next year. Because Guerra and Glasby, they can kind of play anywhere. Mm. Um, but yeah, so Newcastle will have a bit more salary cap on top of that as well. Yeah. Um, and the first... Guerra, Guerra didn't play for Melbourne. It was Glasby and oh, who did. So- Sorry. Um, you had great then, luck with your backup forwards because Jamie Bura went there as well and retired yeah. for reasons. Well, Matauti is in the same boat. He's one or two concussions away from calling it. It's like the guy off um, Not Another Team movie. Well, and I think Newcastle are a bit more strict on it too because they're actually going through a um, court case currently right now with James McManus about concussions. Yeah. So... Keep an eye on that. It's kind of going on that. But the third person who retired, he's been involved in over 200 games. Pretty popular figure amongst the NRL. Announced his retirement tonight. Can you guess who it is? Referee. Gavin Badger. There he goes. There we go. So he's been a, he's been a pretty good referee over his career, I reckon. Done pretty well. Um, he'd be retiring proud after Aboriginal us. man. Yeah, he um, very out, outspoken in the in the public sector as well. Well, he also went into a fair amount of detail last year about his personal life. Yeah, which was um, mental health, sexual. Oh no, well, yeah, stuff like that. Um, we're not going to get into it here. No. And if you want to look it up, you can. But it was very, very in-depth and very confronting. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's great. You know, I mean, he, he was always respected. It's called um, I'm a Survivor. And, yeah. And he done 
pretty well to get where he was. So good on him. And um, I don't know what he's planning no to do, but he's always going to be one of the, my favourite referees. And all. But in saying that too, I'm not the person who's going to criticise referees. And when I saw the post come up, you read the comments and, again, NRL fans are fucking horrible to officials. It's horrible. Oh, on his yeah. Um, post. Yeah. Yeah, we gave him be. more of a man than any of those people yeah. playing against him. He's um just having a look at the Twitter profile now. Sneaker fanatic. Enough said. Legend. And definitely yeah, cut at you know any NRL He player. was always super fashionable because his beard was always on point. And he always had the haircut as well. And he was just really cool when he came. I actually met him once. Um, I went to a referee training and he came and did a bit of a bit of a thing. It was, you know, him and Ashley Klein were really laid back guys for pretty, you know, they're international referees. So they're involved in the big games and you know, they've got massive dudes coming up and yelling in their face and they don't give a shit. It's like, yeah, no. see ya. It's yeah, great. Get your, uh, oh, wow. And it's so old line. It's the most thankless job in the NRL because no matter what they do, you know, they say a good sign and the referee's not there. Yep. But he doesn't get praised for a good decision. As soon as you have one remotely bad, so yeah. They're, all, they're always the most important person on the field. So without them, we got... Um, congratulations to, to the players and um, Badgie there. Like, you wouldn't call, say, say superstars in, in Glasby and Guerra, even though they did represent their state. Um, very solid. They're just your, your solid club men. So, similar to Gavin well, last week. So, congratulations on your career. Yeah. And, and, and they're the sort of player. Sort of player when Newcastle signed and everyone kind of went, yeah, that's a good sign. It wasn't, like, amazing that mm. they signed these two blokes. They're like, yeah, solid sign and they're going to hold You can see why you did it. You can see why you did yeah. it. Yeah. And... As for a career, that's what you want. You, they're never going to be the Sonny Bills or the Jonathan Thurston's, but they're going yeah, to be the players that Jonathan Thurston and Sonny Bill can't play without. That's it. Um, we mentioned last episode with regards to Adam Fanua Blake requesting a transfer from Manly uh, for the last two years of his deal. Manly said that they're not going to pay any cent towards it. Uh, he's looking to earn 850000 over the next two seasons. So that's a fair bit of cash to lump up for a uh for a prop uh 1.6 million basically uh it's since came out that he signed a three-year contract with the warriors so warriors are going to be covering that cost for the first two years and i'm assuming a similar wage for the third year as soon as that was made official manly's been on the front foot and tying up or attempting to looks as though it will happen re-signing Taniela Paseca to a three-year deal to become basically the heir apparent for Fanua Blake. And those who have watched the Manly games this year, bless you. Um, Taniela Paseca has been one of the very few shining lights for Manly throughout the whole season. Uh, he's regularly contributed to over 100 metres, starting her off the bench. For a young prop, that's kind of like your first tick. Um, Man, Man Mountain even had interest from Indianapolis Colts uh, at a point last year over in the NFL. Um, yeah, so good luck to Fanua Blake. 
Uh, with that signing, the Warriors will have a starting forward pack of Ben Murdoch, Masilla, and Fanua Blake as your props. With Toru Harris, uh, Jazz Tavega, and Elisa Katoa most likely in your second row and lock. And it's a pretty uh, scary forward pack with the like of Jack Murchie, Jamar Fanua Brown, Lisa Armour, uh, riding the pine. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting there. Um, both from the Warriors and Fanua Blakes. And then uh, Manly's decision, I'm a lot happier about that one than what I've been hearing with regards to the Kieran Foran drama. <laughs> so, there's not many the rumors going around. Manly season could go from bad to worse. And to me, so this is one of them. So, the, the rumors going around that, and look, this is Des Hasler we're talking about. So this could go yeah. either way. Um, but the rumours going around is that he wants to sign Kieran Foran, not at 5'8", but a hooker. And if that happens, their most promising young 5'8", in John Schuster, wants to get out. Because, yeah, well, why wouldn't you? He's a young, up-and-coming, great player. And he's bringing in an old, decrepit man in a walking stick. Um, and I'm not trying to be a dick to Foran, but when you see the comparisons, they come on, Manly. Um, the, the part that gets me is I see the truth in it in the fact they let go of Danny Levi this year. He's not been re-signed. Nope. But so that kind of leads truth to this. But what I understand is a guy with hammy issues... And with yep. shoulder issues, is he is his pec now as well? Sure. Okay, yeah, could be anything. It's literally like pin the tail on the forearm. It could be anything. Yeah, so with his past injuries, and obviously they're not his fault, but it's just unfortunate, you'd think someone would move from hooker to 5'8 before they move 5'8 to hooker as you get older. Because hooker's the most labour-intensive position, position on the field. Because it's generally an 80-minute position. You're doing 30, 40 minimum tackles a game. So the top hookers these days are making at least 45. Fucking Chris Randall, his debut made 71 in a game. Um, and minus the tackle, you've got to touch the ball probably max minimum four times every set at dummy half. Plus take scoots. So He's got to be not only the fittest, he's got to be physically capable. His tackling style has to be on point and taking down big guys. I just don't see how it's going to work. I, oh, mm, uh, Look, but the thing about it is, and I'm mm. sorry, him going to play manly play 5'8", mm. if John Schuster was prepared to learn on him for a little bit. But, but that's my point. That's my point. I know Adam's got the shits of this because he wants Schuster to play next year with Cherry Evans. But if Hasler wanted to sign for him at 5'8", I wouldn't be overly mad because he, he, he's a good player. He's a very good 5'8". Adam's, good. Adam's obviously pissed, but there's worse signings you can do because... I think Hasler's realizing that the Walker that his time is 
Walker test is done at 5'8". I think he's, he, he's got that through his head. Yeah, I, I've, got, I've got... There's... Mm, I don't know where to start. I was in the minority of Manly fans, I think, um, when it was made known that we were re-signing Hasler. I agreed. <laughs> I agree with Trent Barrett being let go. It wasn't working. I didn't want Hasler back. He won us premierships, yes, but at a quite a large cost. Um, that was the start of back-ended deals, which rorted our club for salary dramas. Uh, led to paper bag scandal. Um, led to a large number of high-profile pl- players leaving uh, once the club's structure imploded. Um, he was... He did the same thing at Bulldogs. His first season or two there was good, and then it... Whoosh, same thing, back-ended deals. Uh, to me, it screams out of a man that has a specific way that he coaches... And if it doesn't work, he continues to employ it and find the people that will be able to implement it into a game. Foran was able to do that in 2011, a decade ago next year. It's completely different. You look at the forward pack he was running behind there um, and the back line he was passing to, he was able to shine. He was also a decade younger and uninjured. We've got a guy, John Schuster, who's got the opportunity to be as, as good a running 5'8 as foreign. Uh, most likely better because he's freaking huge. Yeah. Employing him as a 5'8 coach? Yeah. Cool. Employing him as a hooker is the downright dumbest shit I've ever heard. Sign <laughs> Danny Levi. We've told him he's right to go. We're offering Manes Finau a three-year contract extension. He could be in jail for those three years, um, unless Manly's knowing something that no one else knows. There is a high possibility of Manly playing without a hooker until halfway through next season. Even if Finau's uh, innocent, he had shoulder reconstructive surgery this year. He wouldn't have played anyway. He's not going to be playing for the first half of next season. And you want to sign Kieran frickin' Foran? The well, that, that astounds me for all those reasons that you're not re-signing Danny Levi. I know. <laughs> you know who'd be a better hooker signing than um, Kieran Foran? Kurt Baptiste. <laughs> Look, I, I, I would be, I'd be going, yeah, good, solid. You know who'd be better? Isaac Luke. <laughs> That's a bit of a stretch. No, it's not. He's a better fight. He's a better hooker than. Uh, that, that, okay, there's got to be a young hooker. Oh, I. Oh, it doesn't have to be a young one. It just has to be for a season. Nathaniel Roach. No, no. Do you know who? If I was you, who I'd be looking at? You gonna say? I'll be looking at. I'll be looking at Newcastle. Uh, you, you got yeah, uh, Jacob Braley, number one. Kurt Mann, Connor Watson. Watson's off contract, but I don't replace Kieran Foran with another injury prone. Yeah, but well, he's not injury prone. He's had one major injury. Yeah, but lots of little ones. 
Yeah, no. But look, I'm looking Cot- at guys that are hookers that are off contract. Ruben Cotter. I yeah. like him from the Cowboys. If they're going to keep Jake Granville around and they've got Reese Robson, I'd like Ruben Cotter. That would be nice. These yeah. are just the guys that are off contract. Um, Ray Stone. Nah, I don't rate him that high. I'm comparing him to Foran at hooker. You don't have to rate <laughs> him very high. Uh, Tyrone May. I could see. <laughs> uh, Footboy. Uh, one guy I would really like us to sign is Bailey Siren, and he's off contract. A little bit of a low key signing. Now I think he'd be quite good. Um, All right. Yeah. So obviously Adam's pissed off. He's gone through everyone in the competition to sign. Um, it just doesn't make any I, fucking sense. I, I 100% There's no agree with sense him. I don't, except for an old man wanting to resign. It's like the Darius Boyd, Wayne Bennett thing. <laughs> he took him, he wanted to get him to the Bulldogs. He went to Paramatta. He finally got him to the Bulldogs. Now he wants him back at Manly. Let's bring the whole gang together. He's going to bring Brett Stewart out of retirement. He'll fix Watmo's everything. Bring him back. Um, fuck it. You know, you know who played really well on the weekend? Who'd look really good in a Manly jersey? Like he looked really good. Sharp, stepping, hitting the line hard. Runs the ball with two hands. Footwork, speed. Tom, Tom Wright. Ah. He, won the, he won the Rugby Union Grand Final for the Brumbies as their starting winger. Starting winger. He right. ran the ball. Oh. Yeah, so Adam's pissed off in Manly's oh. direction right now. Um, and I don't blame him. I'm 100% agreements with him, but we do have to move on. Albert Hoppawati's off contract at my own club and they're not even thinking of signing. No, it's John's fault. Okay. Tim Lapai <laughs> has failed in his bid to have a high tackle charge downgraded, so he's going to miss uh, this week's clash with Penrith. That's his last NRL game uh, this season and for the Bulldogs. Um, not sure where he'll be third centre at another club. I wouldn't mind Newcastle picking Tim Lafay up. Yeah, I know. Uh, noon on Tuesday. Yeah, we're still waiting on that sort of stuff. Uh, nothing new with regards to Ben Hunt or anything like that yet. Um, they've announced best coach of the year options. We're going to talk about that on Sunday after the whole season's wrapped up. But Jared and I are going to pick one of Trent Robinson, Craig Bellamy, Todd Payton, uh, Justin Holbrook, and Ivan Cleary, and just for our selection out of those five. But that'll be our Sunday show. Uh, but going into round 20, uh, team lists have been updated. So we'll kick off with Thursday night's game, which is now exactly 24 hours away. And um, we'll know. Uh, yeah, we'll know by 26 hours from now who the wooden spoon for 2020 is going to be. So if Broncos win, it'll be the Bulldogs. And if Broncos lose, it'll be them. Yeah? Yeah. So then even if Bulldogs... Oh, actually, no. So Broncos have got the bad points differential. They have to win. And Bulldogs have to lose. That's right. All right. Um, geez, look at these teams. 
Broncos. Oh, we haven't even mentioned Darius Boyd's last game. Okay. Right. Well done, Darius, on your storied career. Premierships, Origins, World Cups. Yeah, and he's never lost. He's the most capped Australian never to lose an Australian game with 23. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, yeah. Darius Boyd at fullback. Xavier Coates and Richard Kenner, who has actually been kind of good um, on the wings. So Xavier Coates back from injury. Jesse Arthurs and Herbie Farnworth in the centres. Katoni Staggs, that storied 5'8", as we named it 5'8", with Tom Dearden at halfback. Uh, Joel Fredding-Gowie and Payne Haas are starting props with Isaac Look at hooker. Jordan Rickey, Alex Glenn at second row, Pat Carrigan at lock. Uh, memory, no David Fafida. Corey Pax, Hake Spentio, Corey Oates and Jamil Hopawadi form the bench with Reese Kennedy and Brody Croft in the reserves. After missing last week with concussion. For the Cowboys, fullback, Valentine Holmes on the wings, Cole Felt and Hamasau Fidel in the centres, Murray Tulagi and Justin O'Neill are late inclusion. Scott Drinkwater and Jake Clifford are the halves. Josh Maguire returns from suspension at prop. Ruben Cotter at hooker with Jordan McLean as the other prop. Gavin Cooper, last game as a Cowboy. And Mitch Dunn in the second row with Jason Tamalolo back in the starting team. John Asiata back from suspension on the interchange with Tom Gilbert, Corey Jensen and Francis Molo. Jake Granville and Ben Condon are the reserves. I don't see anyone coming in on either side except for maybe Brody Croft. Um, for the Broncos. I think Broncos would be silly not to have Croft there and move Stags out to the Saints. Yeah. But I'm going Cowboys just because of the fact I'm that we can't that. have... Tony Sags will get his hands on the ball a lot more. Yeah, but he needs the ball. And it'd be right. He can't be creating. If that makes sense. Just take it and run. Yeah. All right. So are we go going Broncos just so we can have them on a wooden spoon? Well, then you have to go Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Cowboys, sorry. Well, Cow- can you look at this? Like, I just this just triggered for me, right? If you took the Broncos wins, so these guys are in the these are guys are in the grand final in two thousand fifteen. So it's gonna mark five years since that grand final. If you add Broncos wins to Cowboys wins, it's still less than the Titans wins this season. <laughs> That's how far these two clubs have fallen. Yeah. Holy uh. shit. <laughs> Okay. Talking about Queensland teams. Um, so you going? Oh, sorry. Are you going Cowboys? The yeah, excellent Tamalolo. That's it. That's it. Adam, we made a deal. You, you broke. You, you broke the deal last week about we want Broncos to get the wooden spoon. Yeah. Commit, mate. Commit. I do. Yeah, Cowboys. Okay, next game. Well, it's all Gold Coast versus, oh, wait, Gold Coast versus Newcastle. Uh, for Gold Coast, you got AJ Brimson, who's been killing it the last couple of weeks. He's been um, really good. Terrain, Spry, Anthony Don. With Brian Kelly returning with young Tom Mapia, who throughout the week rejected the new Gold Coast deal they put in front of him. Really? Yeah. And you got Ash Taylor at six with Jamal Foldigiddy at seven. 
Um, then you've got Fodawaker, Mitch Rain, Jared Wallace up front with Ray, um, Sam Stone playing against his old club, Kevin Proctor and Tyrone Peachy. And you've got Tanner Boyd, Sam Lasano, Jai Arrow, Jai Whitbread, Darius Farmer, Corey Thompson, Philip Sammy and Nathan Peets. For Newcastle, you've got Ponga at the back with Hunt and Lee returning from his personal issue. Um, you've got Tuala and thank fuck Bradman Best is back a week out from the finals. I'm really keen to see him play again. With Mason Luno retaining his spot with, and Mitch Pierce at halfback. And you've got Mitch Barnett, Aiden Guerra, Sione Matauti with Fitzgibbon injured. <clears throat> Daniel Sofidi, Kurt Mann returns over Chris Randall and Clemmer up front. Chris Randall gets the number 14 jersey with Jacob Sofidi, Herman Sese and Brody Jones. Josh King gets put back to 18th man. I'm a bit disappointed about that. He's playing really, really well class cup boys coming off the bench. Shibasaki, Stafford Toa actually got dropped and Jira Mamomosa. So I'm surprised Toa got dropped because I figured that Hunt would go in the centres and Toa would go on the wing, but oh well. Um, I'm going to Newcastle for this, but what do you reckon, Adam? I'm still shocked about the Tottenham Pier one, considering they gave him a, a restart. Um, yeah. Did it, say the, did it say the term or the dollars? No. No. I didn't read it that far ahead. I was like, oh, okay, now let's go back to work. Um, Mitch Rain still has a pretty busted eye socket, if you didn't see it from last week. Not fractured, but really damaged. Um, hence, Nathan Peet's inclusion in the reserves. Don't be surprised if he comes in. It's also Joe Arrow's last game for the Titans. Um, he still does have a niggling couple of injuries, so hence why he's coming off the bench. He's not slated to play big minutes, but it is his last game and it is at home. So he's included. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go... I know Knights have more to play for with regards to finals form, but the Titans have just got something cooking at the moment. And... Um, They'll be wanting to send Jairo off on a high. Um, there's no one else leaving from there that I know of. But um, I, I think that's enough, considering what he's given to that club, that they'll be fired up for him. Kevin Proctor's re-signed, which is some more good news. I think they're going to generate enough internally to get him across yeah. the line. So, obviously, I'm not committed to everything. Well... It's going to be this, but Newcastle are going to play South Sydney in the first week of the finals. This depends on where, depending on who wins this weekend. I'm more worried about the Gold Coast Titans than South Sydney next week. I yeah. think we have better chance against the Rabbits than we do with Titans right now. So, And as Adam said, it's going to be the last game of the year. I know for a fact that you never want to play Newcastle in their last home game of the year. They haven't lost in about seven years in their last home game. The old boys day, I don't, I don't know how times are doing it, but there's always a bit of a massive day for that reason. So, yeah, Adam's right. It could go either way, but obviously I'm going to go Newcastle. All right, so it was, next it was game. A two, it was a two-year deal offered to him. Okay. Next game. Okay, so Battle of Sydney. South Sydney versus Roosters. Um, South Sydney's had to go full, well, as full strength as they can, where Roosters dropped a few people. 
So you got Corey Allen at fullback for South Sydney with Jackson Paul and Alex Johnson on the wings. Campbell Graham, Dane Gagai, Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds. In the halves, and you got Cam Murray, Bailey Sirenham. Is that Jed Cartwright? Yep, Jed Cartwright. Burgess, Cook, and Liam Knight up front with Nichols, Sally, Margot, and Colin Matagi with Junior Totola, number 18. Jack Johns, Troy Dargan, and Corey Denise. I'm surprised. Tavita Totola. Oh, that's, oh, so it's not Junior. Oh, yeah, Tavita, no. yeah. I'm surprised he's there. Okay, so the Roosters, they're, they're resting people again. So you got Tedesco returns a fullback with Morris and Tupper on the wings. Joey Manu gets a rest in the centres with jo- uh, which Morris is that? Josh Morris in the centres with Mitch Orbison retains his place. Luke Keery and Kyle Flanagan in the halves with Angus Crichton, Tupanua, Cordner, Takiaho, Friend, Maria Hargrave. So they've rested about four or five more players and they're still ridiculously strong. Yeah. So Jake Friend you got- uh, talks of a contract extension right now. Yeah. Um, and Josh Morris has said, no, he's not coming back to play Origin. Um, you got Lachlan Lamb, Famasuli, Matt Butcher, and Sonny Bill running at 17 with Ikebalu, Fafida, Lussig, and Hall. And there's a good chance um, will come back in on the wing um, with Orbison going to the interchange. Okay. So this is, this is purely a tactical point of view for me. I'm going for South Sydney. I need them to ship at some point. What? They need to prick the ship at some point. Oh no, I just need them to win. So there's three games that interest me this weekend. There's South Sydney, uh, Sydney Roosters versus South Sydney Rabbits, Newcastle obviously game, and the Parramatta game. So if Parramatta beat Tigers and Roosters lose, that means Parramatta goes no final. No. No, I don't care about that. Well, I do, but yeah. if Newcastle win, we get a home final. No, the point I'm making is if, and this is something I'll bring up later in when we do analysis of the final. So Newcastle and and South Sydney are six and seven, so they play each other, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever wins that game plays the loser out of two and three. So right now, two and three are Melbourne and Roosters. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in the losing end. I don't want to play the loser if we win that because yeah. fuck that. But if Parramatta win and Roosters lose, Parramatta go to third. And that means you'll have Melbourne versus Parramatta in the first round of the finals and we'll play the loser out of those two. I think we can it's beat Parramatta. Yeah. I think we can beat Para. So for me, tactically, I need South Sydney to win. This game. See? There's his justification based on nothing but his own self-interest. Um, hey, in the finals, what, who else do you worry about? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, wait. If you're in the finals, you would realise. <laughs> who, who are you going you're for? You're lecturing me about not being in finals. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm taking it while I can. Same with Origin. Sounds got belted last week by somebody, didn't they? Um, did they? I'll have that look while you think. No, they got beaten by Bulldogs 26-16, so maybe they're going to come out pissed off. And Roosters beat someone. 
Yeah, clearly, obviously. Cronulla. So who are you going? Well, Roosters don't want to lose because they don't want to drop to fourth. I don't, no, no. I, I, I don't care, that, actually. And that's another facet of my little plan. If they drop out, I think Parramatta will go out in straight sets. Because I, oh, sorry, Pembroke will go out in straight sets because they'll lose to the Roosters. Mm. And then I think Canberra can beat Pembroke. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm hoping if, if this happens for me, I'm going to be stoked. Yeah, I'm still going to go Roosters. Um, if nothing else, it's the battle of two old rivals. And the last time they met, it wasn't really a star-studded. Oh, no, that was against Melbourne. It wasn't a star-studded. But yeah. uh, again, like Manly and Titans last week, I could see Rabbits winning, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to bet on it. Okay, so the next game. Have you got this one? Yeah, sure. Who is it? It's really manly. No, it's uh, Bulldogs versus Pembroke. God. <laughs> nah, for the Bulldogs, Will Upawadi at fullback with Dan Watani Zalesniak and Jane Okabor on the wings. Tim Lafay will not be there because he lost his um, judiciary. So Remia Smith is in the centre, and I'm guessing that. It'll be someone from the reserves will come in. Kerrod Holland, that's right. He's going to play his last game before retirement. Kerrod Holland's in at centre. Uh, Jake Avarillo getting a cr- uh, another start in the halves with Lachlan Lewis. Aiden Tolman, last game as a Bulldog with Luke Thompson at prop. Jeremy Marshall King at hooker. Chris Smith, Fatala Mariner in the second row with Josh Jackson at lock. So Jackson and Chris Smith switching positions. Brandon Wakeham, Renoff Tumaga, Sione Katoa and Suaso Sue. On the interchange, so a few players playing their last game there for the Bulldogs. Uh, for the Panthers, they have rested a couple of players. They may be resting more. Um, we've word to come. Dane Laurie at fullback uh, with Edwards being rested. Josh Mansour and Brian Tuo in the centres with Tyron May and Brent Naden. Sorry, on the wings with Tyron May and Brent Naden in the centres. Stephen Crichton being rested. Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary in the halves. James Tamo, Fisher-Harris at prop with Coruscant being named in at hooker. Kurt Catewell gets a start with Kikau being rested. Liam Martin and Isaiah Yo finish out the second row and lock. Matt Burton on the bench with Spencer Linu, Moses Leota and Zane Tedavano. And for their reserves, and this will give us an idea of who else may be rested, Dean Fare, Jack Hetherington, Billy Burns and Mitch Kenny. So Mitch Kenny is a hooker. Dean Farre is an outside back. Uh, Hetherington's a forward and Billy Burns is a second row? Yeah. Is he a hooker? No, he's a second row. Two hookers, yeah. So there still could be shakeups for uh, Penrith there. Um, yeah, we won't know more about that till tomorrow, but with Farre being named there and also... Uh, Jack Hetherington and then Matt Burton on the interchange. Wouldn't be surprised if Luai, Cleary uh, and, and one other outside back are rested uh, with your halves maybe being Burton and blah. Tyron May. Tyron May could shift to half and um, someone playing the centre. So it could be a couple of shake-ups. So if you're having a look at that one, keep that in mind. Uh I've still got Penrith, regardless of what changes they make. Yeah, so do I. But in saying that, Bulldogs are fighting not to be wooden spoons. But they'll know after Friday 
Thursday's game what they Thursday's need to night. do. So it could be it could turn into a cracker game on Saturday. Well, if Broncos lose, doesn't matter. They've got nothing to play for except for send their players off. Yeah. All right. So next game. This is going to be so it looks like it's going to be if it could turn into a different game, but if because I'm pretty sure Raiders can jump up to fourth still, can't they? Yeah. Yes, they can. If Parramatta lose and Raiders win. So yeah, that, that could be interesting, but um I doubt Cronulla are gonna be able to stand up here. Um you got Aaron Woods up front with Blake, Rayleigh, and Hamlin New Elliott um alongside him. Then you got Talakai and Akora and Rudolph in the back row. You got Connor Tracy, and the big thing here is that Cronulla have no depth in the halves. Wade Graves played 5-8 with Jesse Ramian, Moses Hirotti, Nene McDonald, Mulatalo, and Will Kennedy. Scott Sorensen, Jack Williams, Fafida, and Teague Wilton with Billy McGoolis, Braden Trindle, Bryson Goodwin, and who's that? Daniel Number Vasquez. Daniel Vasquez. Why isn't Braden Trindle in the halves instead of Graham? I don't know. What, no, why is he in that? Yeah. No, Braden yeah. Trindle should be in the halves instead of Wade Graham. Uh, I don't know. He's actually played. Okay. Um, then you, for Canberra, you got Soliola coming back with Starling and Dynamis Louie, Harianara, Young, Havili at lock. Not Ford a bad backup forward pack. No, sorry. Sam Williams comes in the halfback yep. with Matt Frawley, Harley Smith Shields. Matthew Tomoko, uh, Semi Velamy, Nick Kotrick, and I don't know who that fullback is. Cook. You got Kyle Donald, Adam Ryan Cook. Sutton, uh, Darby Medlin, um, and Jarrett Sablu. Then you got Mariota, Tapani, Whiten, and Whitehead. So um, Ricky Stewart has dropped a fair amount of players. Um, I'm still going to go Canberra. Um, one person you think you think he has dropped a lot of players, but then when you get to the Melbourne game, you're like, ah, oh, so he's still yeah. putting people on there. Well, he's dropped his entire forward pack. <laughs> Ricky Stewart has, except for either Stalin or Harvey, whoever you want to put in there as a starting hooker. Um, but he's dropped yeah. the entire forward pack. He's dropped both halves. He's dropped the fullback. Um, He's, I'm not even mad. He's dropped his 1 to 13, except for Nick Kotrick. Everyone else has played off the bench this year. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, Soliola and Louie, they started. Um, but yes, everywhere else, you, you are correct. I'll. I love these games because you get to see a whole heap of new players. So I'm stoked. I can't wait. Yeah, fuck off, Paul Kent. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm still going to I'm still leaning to Canberra just because there's no Sean Johnson. Yeah, there goes the entirety of Cronulla's attack. Yeah. Okay, next game, you're up. Alrighty. So Western... Derby to finish off Saturday night. We've got the West Tigers versus Parramatta out at Bankwest Stadium. 
For the Tigers, Adam Dewey at fullback with Norfa Luma and Asu Kapoa off his try last week on the, in the, on the wings. Tommy Talao, Chris Lawrence in the centres with Marshall and Brooks in the halves. So Brooks returns. Zane Musgrave and Thomas McCallay at prop with Harry Grant at hooker. Luke Garner, Luciano Leilua and Alex Twale second row on lock with Eisenhuth, Elijah Taylor, Sean Bloor and Michael Cheekham. On the interchange, Leilua has been dropped to the reserves, as has Reynolds, Little, and Alex Seifar. Seifar, sorry. Further Eels, Clinton Gutherson, Mike Acevo, Michael Jennings, Wanga Blake, and Blake Ferguson are your back five, as it has been almost all season. Jai Field, Mitchell Moses in the halves, with Campbell Gillard, Junior Paulo, Prop, Reed Money at hooker, Sean Lane, Sean Lane, Madison, and Brown. That's their full strength, 1-13, to 13, minus Dylan Brown, who's out with surgery. And that's a bit of a shift when you compare them to Canberra, Melbourne, Roosters um, and Penrith. Might be saying something about them still trying to find some form. Uh, for the interchange, Will Smith, Andrew Davey, Kane Evans and Oregon Kafusi. Uh, none of the reserves you'd think would get a run. Now, Eels, they must be certainly worried about dropping out of the top four. Uh, with the way they've been playing in Canberra, having the inferior for and against. Um, I'd say every other coach, bar Brad Arthur's licking their lips at seeing all the starters from uh, Parramatta running around again. I'm sure Brad Arthur probably wouldn't have wanted to do this, but in saying that, he could still be looking for the spark that they've been missing. Uh, what are you thinking? For this game, I'm going, well, I need Parra to win. Yeah. I've got to say, Parramatta's got to start finding it at some point. And, um, yeah. They're running. I I, yeah, I don't think Tigers. Like, they get them in the finals. Good on them. Like, and they're going to finish fourth or fifth. That's a yeah. good season. But they're not one of the form teams coming in, and that's what you'd worry about. Yeah, and I see... That's, sorry, there's three-week teams in the top eight, and this is where you're going to see I'm not completely biased. The three-week teams are Cronulla, Parramatta, and Newcastle. In all reality, they're the three-week teams. Parramatta, I would rather face them than anyone else in the top four. I'd rather face... I'd, I'd like to face them in the first round. Cronulla without Sean Johnson, yeah. they're going to be hard to think. And Newcastle are just too inconsistent to win four games in a row yeah. against top-rated teams. So, and unfortunately for Parra, they peaked too early this season, I reckon. I, and I've been defending them for the last month going, this is going to be their week, this is going to be their week, which it could be this week. But, like, even though they won on the weekend, it wasn't not remotely convincing at all. No. So, yeah. all right, all right. F- first game on Sunday, and then you'll have yeah. the. Oh, you've already had new- Yeah, you can have the good one at the end. Warriors and Seagulls. So, this is one of the ones with the rule changes in it, as uh, Broncos and Cowboys Thursday night. Warriors finishing their season from hell, and telling you what, they can't, they won't be able to wait till the end of this game, I would say. Uh, Warriors at fullback, you've got Peter Hicku coming off his double last week. Adam Pompey and Patrick Herbert on the wings with Adam Kieran, Hayes Perham in the centres. 
Cody Nicarima and Chanel Harris Tavita uh, in half at as the half. Sorry, Lachlan Burr and Isaiah Papalihi, which may be both of their last games for the Warriors. Kyle Lawton at hooker, Alicia Katoa, Tohu Harris, and Jazz Tavega, second row and lock with Wade Egan, Adam Blair again could be his last game. Uh, Jack Murchie and Jermaine Tanua Brown on the interchange. Um, for the Seagulls. Jeez. This is going to be fun. Another opportunity for Albert Hopperwadi at fullback, but no. Tavita Funa at fullback with Abbas Miski and Ruben Garrick returning on the wing. You mean Josh Mansell? Yeah. Morgan Harper and Brad Parker in the centres with good old Lachlan Croker. And Danny uh-huh. Evans at halfback. Looks like he's going to do outs from Terry Evans again. Taylor Paseca and Martin Tapau starting props with Danny Levi playing probably his last game for Manly. At hooker, Corey Waddell playing his last game off to the Bulldogs with Curtis Siren and Jake Trebojevic. Albert Hopawadi is the interchange with Morgan Boyle, Sean Kepi, and Olakatu on the interchange. Is Adam Fanua Blake injured? Yeah. Okay. Uh, in the reserves, unfortunately, this guy looks like he's not going to get a run and not going to get re-signed, but Luke Metcalf. And Tafoa Sipley, who we haven't seen for a long time due to injury, is on the reserves, as is Sione Finau and Ben Trebojevic, but I wouldn't see any of them getting a run. You know what? I'm going Warriors. Yeah, so am I. So they are, they are flying out on... Whatever day, Monday, I think. Um, I reckon this game, they're just gonna fucking throw everything they have. They won't give a shit. It'd be like when that siren goes off at the end of the game. It'd be like the a weight's lifted off their shoulders. So I reckon they're just gonna go out there and just keep the ball alive, do all sorts of tricky shit. And just have a party, I reckon, because this they're, is... They're either going to belt Manly or get belted. Yeah, because they'll come out thinking that they've already gone home or they'll come out thinking, you know, fuck this. And I, I, I don't see Manly having the attack to belt them. Like, I, don't, I, just see, I just see worries. Like, you know, when something goes wrong or I just think everything's going to click this week or something. I don't know. Yeah. I just have a feeling there's come, going to come out and just rip you guys to pieces. Yeah. For shits and giggles. If it goes into a grind, Manly will win. Because um, I'd see the Warriors going, fuck this. <laughs> I was just... Yeah. Um, but yeah. if they get off to a start, Jesus. Uh, Manly have conceded an average of 34 points per game since round 12. Yeah. Okay, so the next game, and this is the funnest game in the round, I reckon. This is awesome. So Melbourne have dropped practically everyone. So we'll start with St. George. St. George George is reasonably full strength. They got Matt Dufty, Cody Ramsey, and Max Figai. He debuted last week. He didn't look too bad in the wing. And then Ewan Aiken, Zach Lomax, Jaden Sullivan at six. With yeah, he's, get, he's getting his crack. Yep. Jackson four, Jacob Host, Tyson Frizzell in his last game for St. George. Mm-hmm. Paul Vaughan, Cam McInnes at nine, and Blake Laurie. Then you got, which that's Tarek Sims, K. 
Kate Ellis, Josh Kerr, and Eddie Blacker goes on his debut. They've had they've had high rope, um, high hopes for him for a few years now. Oh, high ropes, yeah, high ropes. Building activity. Braden Williami, Corey Norman gets dropped. Fucking finally, Jordan Pereira and Tyrell Fuimaiano for Melbourne. Okay, so this, this is going to get fun. They have dropped practically everyone. They're still got a decent team. Their four tackles half like, pretty good, but they've got like okay, I'll go through it. Pappenhausen, who has been named the youngest Storm captain ever. I love it. Loomy Loom, Sandor L, Ricky Litelli finally gets a run in the centres. I'm surprised he hasn't already. Paul Mormorowski, Riley Jacks, and Cooper Johns in the halves. Then you've got Max King at lock, Chris Lewis, Tom Eisenhoof, and then you've got Christian Welch, Brandon Smith, and Tui Kamikamika. So that's a pretty good front row. I don't mind that. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. so there's three starters there for Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and then you got Nico Hines, Darren Shonig, Albert Vette, and Aaron Penne. So he's 190 centimetres and 107 kilos. So it's a pretty big dude. <laughs> uh, look, at, look at the ins and outs. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Um, and then you got Booth. Uh, Dean Irema, um, Trent Lorio, and Jada Tuhari, tu, Turahui. So you doubt anyone's going to get dropped from it, but this is awesome. I love it. I'm still picking Melbourne, even though this oh, week... Oh, yeah, you really? Yeah, 100%. Um, this week, St. George are the favourites in the betting, just because of yeah. the teams. But, look, they drop from seven dollars to a dollar seven. Yeah, but what what does this Melbourne team have to lose? Honestly, what what what, what these guys have just come out and they're going to be proving a point. And don't forget, these guys have been in the Melbourne system, so they're going to be. He's not going to be up there sitting laughing. He's going to be yelling, spitting chips. Yeah, because these guys, he, he's he's gone to these guys and goes, "This is your fucking chance." Prove me right, you're not getting the contract this year. And that's that's what Melbourne do. Yeah. And these guys Melbourne obviously have the best scouts because they mold their players. They just it's a production line. So anyone who's doubting Melbourne for the players they're bringing up have not watched a game for the last fifteen years of what Melbourne done. Like like who was Justin Olam before this? He, now he's one of the most frightening centers in the competition. And Cam you look Munster, at centers on the other team. One of St. George's stalwarts in this team. It's his last game and no one's been mentioning it. You and Aitken's yeah. off the Warriors next year, but I don't see them as a... And Tyson Frizzell. Um, yeah. I don't see these guys as a team who are going to... Well, look... I want them to lose just to see what Dean Young says. <laughs> but, see, the thing about it is... In the Ford pack, especially last week, if you match player to player, Newcastle are only a shade of better than them. Like Clemence, like Paul Vaughan's there. Yeah. He he's a good front row, but that's the thing; they're only a shade. Newcastle, they got dominated in the middle. Yeah. And as I said, these Melbourne boys, they'll be chomping at the bit to go out and play. It might be a bit messy, but they're going to have a crack. So I don't. Yeah, yeah, they I'm can't. Really... They can't move up. They can't move down. So. Yeah, and look, anyone who if if they walk off the field and impress Bellamy, like 
Maybe Christmas come early for those yeah. boys. Is this... <laughs> like, depending depending on how this game goes for the Dragons, they could jump to tenth. They're on. They're in thirteenth at the moment. Uh, yeah. They've got a better for and against than Warriors and Sea Eagles, who are both above them, and one of them has to lose. So they could jump both of them in one go. And then the points differential between them and the Tigers is nineteen points. Um, so if they win by 20 and Tigers lose, who we're both predicted they will, Dragons could jump up to 10th and make it look like a half respectable season and then have them missing the eight by three wins. Um, yeah. So I, I, in I saying really all that, see, I've got Melbourne to win. <laughs> yeah, I don't see any negatives from Melbourne in this game. I'm really keen to see Generation Next, to be honest. I'm really keen to go, oh, cool. What are they going to... Well, I'll be watching it. Yeah, just to see all, the, all these new blokes are made of. It'd it just be... It, it'll be interesting. I'm curious. Because like I said, I, um... but Bellamy has a bunch of clones on a production line. That's how he does his scouting. Like, they okay. might have different different um, negatives and plus in their games, but they're still the same tough players. He, yeah. Is a negative plus? Oh, I don't know. Like, whatever. Strengths and weaknesses. There we go. But, you know, you're not going to be able to replace someone like Kenny Bromwich. I'm not going even into Cameron Smith and Cam Munster, but someone like Kenny Bromwich. You're not going to be able to replace them, but Chris Lewis isn't going to miss a tackle. Yeah. And same with Eisenhoof. It's just, yeah. I'm trying to find a value bet based on that Melbourne team of a player I know nothing about. (laughs) Oh my yeah. gosh! Did you see? Did you see that group of mates? Um, One dollar each. Oh, how good! Yeah. If you guys haven't seen it, Fox Sports posted the article. Six mates, and they put a dollar each a week onto a bet. So it's a six-dollar bet each week of the NFL season. That's sixteen weeks in a season. Um, and they do a fifteen-leg multi every week. They've been doing it for five seasons, and I think they added up like collectively they've spent five hundred and twenty-two dollars over five years because it's only sixteen games a year, so sixteen dollars each. Um, their fifteen-leg multi paid off to over what was it two hundred and something grand? Yeah, between the um, six of them, and some of the margins were uh, were crazy. So not a bad way to make some dough. Yeah. Uh, let's have a look. So, yeah, so Melbourne, <laughs> Melbourne are outsiders. All right. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Melbourne to win. And I'm going to go first try scorer as. Holy fuck, they're all St. George. Uh, there we go. You've got to scroll all the way down to find Melbourne. Oh, it's going to be. Is Lumi Lumi starting? Yep. All right, he's going to be first try scorer. <laughs> and the winning margin is going to be... Uh, where's the 13 plus? <laughs> 13 plus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just going to go Melbourne to cover their line. Okay, 21 bucks. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, is there any, any, anything else? Nah, that's it, man. 
Yeah. All right, guys, um, get on our Twitter account, get on our Facebook, get on our every other social media platform. Find us on Spotify, Amazon, like Adam said last time, Anchor, and we'll see you with the iTunes. recap on Monday morning. Sorry, iTunes. Monday morning. Yeah, I'm at a Bucks party from Thursday to Sunday, so uh, it's definitely it's a rough. Sunday night. <laughs> Monday. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio. Be sure to check out Adam's craft beer choice of the week.